Baghdad in 1257 was still regarded as one of the great centers of Islam, the seat of the Abbasid Caliphate. It was to an extent living on past glories, for its Halkanan days were in the late 8th and 9th centuries. Al-Mansur, the second caliph, reigned 754 to 775, and the real founder of the Abbasid dynasty. He laid the groundwork, but the great wonders came under Harun al-Rashid, the fifth caliph. He made Baghdad a showpiece of the world with mosques, palaces, hospitals, and irrigation works that astonished visitors and won him eternal fame. Perhaps the most famous building of all was the House of Wisdom, the world's largest library. That's a good fucking excerpt. What is that? A uh, new book. Oh, Genghis Khan. Oh, fuck. Do you know much about him? Uh, yeah. He was, uh... An insane conqueror. He almost took over the whole fucking world, man. Whoa, I'm coming in loud. He went, yeah, he went east, yeah. west, he went everywhere. Yeah. And he raped and pillaged. Because yeah. they, they, they went back um, and found that like every eighth person had lineage to him or something. That, yes, every like eighth person. It's like 14% of all people in like Siberia and like Kazakhstan, they're like, they all... Yeah. It's oh, crazy. Man. Which is kind of fucked up. <laughs> it's crazy. But it's hey, he was good at up. he was good at what he did. Uh yeah, he was in- incredible. And he had all yeah, he had all his generals with him who were his sons. Yeah. A couple of them turned against him. So crazy. I'm just getting into it, but it's a really uh but it's the <clears throat> it's a funny thing about the Mongol people cuz they took over all these lands so fast. Scholars have trouble pulling information cuz there's like eight different languages. Of Mo- eight different dialects of Mongol from all the places they really they took over all the regions, so they have wow. their own dialect. That's that's crazy. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Who would, How do they do that? Who do you think would be a good it, for uh, a gang? A Genghis, I think I'm saying it right. Genghis Khan. Yeah, Genghis Khan. Who would be the good, the right <laughs> casting if for his uh, movie for a Hollywood version? I'm thinking like it's, it's tricky because it's like there's Hollywood's idea I imagine of Genghis Khan and then there's probably like a more realistic depiction but like I feel like he was very Hollywood yeah <laughs> you know he, he, he so, fits the role yeah um I don't know I mean I think uh Jason Momoa in Game of Thrones I think like that whole character and race was like heavily based off of um, oh really Mongolians yeah because like the whole idea is that they are this like horse riding like physically unbearable yeah. force right and Li- they just like completely wipe out civilizations everywhere they go living, to- totally living in the Gobi living in the middle of the Gobi <laughs> desert like, yeah, yeah exactly. the, the upbringing definitely mm-hmm. that's um, I had a I knew uh, I knew a girl in Thailand she she um she went to Ulaanbaatar, like to Mongolia, oh, okay. and rented uh, <clears throat> rented a yurt in the in the Gobi Desert and nice. lived lived among them. It was really cool, Fantastic. and it's one of those places not a lot of people have traveled to that I know at least. But it would definitely be uh, it's on my definitely on my list behind South Africa. It'd be like number two A for trips. Just oh, do yeah. the Gobi. Absolutely incredible history. Have you watched Departures? Yeah, uh, Scott Wilson and yes. Justin Lukacs. Yeah. So my my mom actually officiated Scott's wedding like three years ago. What? Yeah. yeah. Is he from Brantford originally? He is. Yes. Yeah. 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 They're 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 local guys, and uh, a friend of mine from high school, 
is actually in a relationship with their like director, their third guy, Andre. Andre, yeah, Andre Dupuis. Yeah, yeah they've been together. For, oh God, probably as long as Meg and I have been together, actually. Um, but their episode where they go to Mongolia is one of my favorites. Yeah, it's incredible, and they get like totally wasted off uh, like the goat milk vodka or whatever. It is yeah, that they're yeah, drinking yeah. like just crazy shit. So cool. Yeah, and when they go, there's so many good ones because they when they go to Papua New Guinea. Or Madagascar, oh no, sorry, Madagascar. Madagascar, yeah. And they do the whole, uh, they do the whole thing. But there's, um, there's this guy, this explorer, his name's Ash Dykes, and he, uh, he walked unsupported across the Gobi Desert with a trailer, with a thirty kilogram trailer or something. And then he did. That's a lot of. That's a lot of backpack. He did. <laughs> he did that one, and then he walked the length of Madagascar, bottom to top. And his most recent one, he hiked the Yangtze River through China. The yeah, the whole Yangtze. Yeah, he seriously. did the whole thing. Yeah, it smells terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the length of Madagascar. I feel like Madagascar is as big, if not bigger, than like the east and west coast of the states. Yeah, it's I, it's enormous. I'd say it's like the second biggest island in the world behind Australia. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, certainly, absolutely. Which is, yeah, uh, <coughs> stuff on that scale. It's crazy. Well, when you see like how many different ecosystems are within Madagascar alone, and it's an island, yeah. that's what really makes you think like, wow, this place is huge. Yeah, and even the, even in their in in their <laughs> forests, the amount yeah. of it's like six out of ten things you see are only native to that part yeah. of the world. It's Crazy. craziness. Yeah, yeah, the isolation for islands and the way that yeah everything kind of develops is really cool. Yeah. It's interesting. I guess they say like when there's no new introduction of like predators, all the like more bottom food chain animals like yep. thrive and can evolve in a very different way, right? So that's why they have so many like social species on the island, and it's less like survival. It's more like coexisting because <laughs> nothing's uh, hunting them. Yeah, so they're yeah. they're able to evolve. Yeah, at a more rapid pace or like yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like if you uh, when people come in. And, you know, they overhunt, like, the wolves or they overhunt, like, fox. And then in five years, they're like, why are there so many fucking rabbits? <laughs> like, well, <laughs> why? yeah, I guess you took away their only threat, right? Yeah. So, yeah, pretty wild. Or, or when you bring, like, two rabbits to Australia and then 100 years later and they have to put rabbit fences up everywhere because the country is literally overrun with fucking rabbits. That's insane. Crazy. Have you ever been to Australia? I've not. I got awfully close to Darwin. Um when I was over there on tour, we all we actually contemplated uh, like taking a hop, skip, and a jump, doing the leg, yeah. Because I think it would have been like an hour flight from where we were in. Uh, it was either in Lombok, yeah. Because you're just yeah, you're yeah. just north, you're just northwest yeah, a little bit, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so we almost did, and uh, I'd like to. I don't know. I I want to go to Australia for the nature for sure. I know that like there's a really cool culture and like it's really thriving over yeah. there too. Like. Some amazing like metropolis going on over there, but I I really want to do like the wildlife side of it for sure. Yeah, I knew. Uh, well, because the whole top half of the country is a desert, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Which is so cool. So I always yeah, the, the and the the spiders down there. Oh my god, yeah. the biggest spiders you've ever seen. Yeah. So there, that's almost like the opposite of Madagascar. It's like we have this island where everything's a predator and it's literally like the strongest survives and that's what was it like eight out of the ten deadliest snakes in the world are native to Australia. Yeah, and shit craziness. Like that. Yeah. yeah, the spiders that people keep in their home to eat the other bugs are like 
as big as the pop filters in front of our microphones right yeah, now. Which exactly. Is That's yeah. a good visual. Yeah. Yeah. They're literally. Yeah. They use them like. Uh, they use them like mice. What you would on a yeah. farm here. Yeah. Exactly. Here. Yeah. Which is just bonkers. Yeah. yeah. Too cool. And it's yeah it's. Um, but what, what Australia like going back? Mm-hmm. Didn't did did um, did Britain send? slaves there or did someone send slaves to australia way back in the day they or I, I they did send slaves i think eventually when they were really colonizing it but what they were doing is um especially when there was like early conflict between the uk and uh the irish they would take a lot of irish like prisoners of war okay and literally ship them over there and i think like um do you know the story of like ned kelly no. Oh, okay, so he, he was like an outlaw bandit, so to speak, in Australia, but he was of like Irish descent and was kind of like de facto leader of like a group of rebels who were fighting against uh, British oppression. Okay, yeah. In Australia. Yeah, so he, there's, they've made a couple like movies and like shows and stuff about him. He's a pretty like notorious figure. Um, Ted Kelly. <clears throat> Ted Kelly. Theodore. Yeah. But actually, um,. <laughs> I had a family member. Um, what is it, Leaf? Yeah, you hear the garbage truck? Big and scary. Um, <laughs> who was supposed to go, the first like British member of my family, um, going way back, my mom's side of the family, um, she's half French-Canadian, the other side she's uh, like Scottish-English. Okay. Um, they spend time in Ireland during the plague in order not to die and stuff, and then they yeah. move back to Scotland. Um they were supposed to move. The family was supposed to move to Australia. And I guess um, my great-great-great-grandfather, he was going to go first <clears throat> and uh, like get a job, find a place to live, and then like write back to the family and tell them when to come and like where to go. Yeah. Oh, beer burps. Nice. And uh, apparently he got wasted uh, in the port city, wherever he sailed from. And got on the wrong boat. <laughs> and he got on a boat bound for Canada instead of one bound for Australia. Oh, leave, get down. Leave, leave get is down, just bro. eating Quincy's face. <laughs> I know, I know. So he got good. he got drunk and he got, got on the so wrong boat. He got so drunk, he got on the wrong fucking boat and uh, had to write them like two weeks later and say, so uh, we're not going to Australia, we're going to Canada. <laughs> so yeah, I'm in Ontario. Yeah. Like, That's amazing. What? Yeah. Crazy, absolutely crazy. Imagine how your f- family history would be different. I know if he got on that boat to Australia. I know. Fuck. I mean, he probably could have even gotten more drunk and ended up on a boat going for like New Zealand or something instead. Yeah. But, yeah. That's so hilarious. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. It, I do often think about that and wonder, like, whose seed am I? Am I like the French Canadian Polish seed, or am I the British seed? The like, British, yeah. am, is there like another version of me that could have been living in like an alternate reality in Australia? Seems That's all right. A good way to look at it. Yeah. Because yeah. you definitely, yeah, when you have, yeah, because everyone has two sides to their, mm. from the mom's side and the dad's side. And yeah. it's like, yeah, you came from, you came from your mom's side. But what if something, what if one little thing changed in, uh, down the line? Exactly. With your, grandparents and it changes the course of your yeah. life or at least geographically where you live yeah. and that changes in turn changes your culture and everything it's crazy yeah. to think about if we yeah if we think about time the way that it's portrayed in like uh back to the future 
where like every little change like impacts like what will happen yeah, later, ripple, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Great so, Scott. Yeah. Great Scott. It's a great, <laughs> great movie. movie. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd. Oh, he's a, uh, do you ever see the page master? Never seen that. Oh my God. It's one, it was one of my favorite movies. It was like a, it was a cartoon that came out in the nineties and, uh, it's essentially, it's the story of, uh, this, this boy, it's Macaulay Culkin and he ends up going to a library during like a storm. He gets like, he has to like take shelter off his bike and he goes into a library and meets a crazy librarian. It's Christopher Lloyd. And something happens and he like opens a certain book in the library and like goes into the story. And it like he lives through uh, like three classic tales on his way to like cool. trying to get back to reality. Kind of like kind of like Jumanji, but instead. Of yeah, exactly. Game, yeah. Really yeah. Cool. A, a little less terrifying. Yeah. You know, he, he wasn't trapped for years, but it's cool. I'm trying to remember. Uh, he wasn't of, living above a shoe shop. No, <laughs> no. He Like one of the books is like, I don't know. It's kind of like. Oh, I think it's like classic. Um, who, oh, who's the Danish author who penned like all those fairy tales, like Little Mermaid and stuff? Christian oh, Andersen. Andersen, yeah. So like Christian Andersen, um, and then I think another one is uh, Treasure Island. Yeah, and then yeah, and then well known. yeah, and then the other one is um, he he goes through like different horror genres, and it's uh, Doctor Jekyll and like Mister Hyde. Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. Yeah. yeah, so it's cool. Like, see, he goes through all these different stories, but. It was a whole thing, like, set up by Christopher Lloyd to, like, Ugh. get kids to appreciate reading, but in a really fucked up, terrifying way. I like <laughs> that, them into yeah. the library. With his own then, Christopher yeah. Lloyd spin on it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, well, well, I never... Um, he's so beloved. Personally, I never appreciated reading until I got 24, 25, 26. Cause, really? Uh, yeah, when you are when you were forced to do it through school. Yeah. Like, I, I read some good books. Mm-hmm. Uh through my years of school but it's like when you read when you're reading them on your own accord in your own time yeah frame it's way better to enjoy it that's that's so true and like it's always so strongly encouraged to read you know and like my parents would always read to me and i think i don't know i like i I, I loved reading i loved hearing the stories i liked being read too and then it was really cool when i started reading but like i would stay up all night like once i would like start a book i couldn't finish it so i would like crack open a hardy boy book and like stay up until three in the morning when I was like nine years old, yeah. like reading these things. Same with Harry Potter. Um, one of the coolest books I ever read though. And it was, it was cool. Cause like I, it was one of the first books I like picked out for myself and it was Tony Hawk's like autobiography. And yeah. I think I read that when I was like 10 or 11 and it like blew my mind. Oh, so I've never read any it, nonfiction really before. He that. did it 20 years ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause wow. like this was, uh, this was right after he like landed the first 900 at the X Games yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. right? And he was like the biggest skater in the world. And he'd already been like big on the scene for like 10 or 15 years because he started really young, right? Like he was like sponsored and famous when he was like 13, 14. Yeah, no, he had a house in, uh, in, uh, I think it was Carlsbad, California yeah, area yeah. when he was still in high school and yeah. they just had a half pipe, half pipe back there. Yeah, it's And it's they were crazy. ripping it up and then he was yeah. living with older friends who were tr- like partying quite a bit and he's like, oh. I had to go to wake up and go to geography class. Like, yeah, just an absolutely crazy life that yeah. this guy lives. But uh, but he's dealt with it really good. Most people who oh, get super yeah. famous, super young, it usually goes the other way, right? <laughs> yeah, well, he, he talks about like how he got married young and like had a kid and like the marriage didn't work out. But like he was so focused on making sure that like he did everything for his kids because like, you know, even though 
obviously his parents had their own feelings about like a career in like skateboarding. Yeah. Like they still found ways to support him. Right. And like, yeah, I don't know. He just, he's a good egg. You can tell like he cares about people and like, even uh the, the he like runs a twitter account and like all he does is he posts when people don't when people, recognize him. or they're like hey man you look like tony hawk and he's like who's that <laughs> yeah <You know? laughs> there's so many of them it's, like it's so good because he is like such a neutral looking guy yeah but he's one of the most famous athletes of like the 20th 21st century which is crazy yeah, yeah. no well he basically um because I've heard him talk about it, like when he was coming up in skateboarding, it was mm -hmm. still not really like the competitions wise. It wasn't very organized. Exactly. Yeah. It was all like uh, and he, grassroots. And he exactly. He brought it into the mainstream. Yeah. You could say. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And then With, the X Games now is obviously crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, the X Games are like just as popular as, well, Olympic sport. And now, you know, like snowboarding, obviously, for a long time has already been part of like downhill for like winter yeah. Olympics. But to see skateboarding finally in uh, the summer olympics is so fucking cool yeah. i don't know if you've seen like the park they built in tokyo in tokyo yeah gorgeous it's it's incredible so is it is it still a go because i heard uh the swimming pool they found some e coli in the swimming pool <sighs> gross <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no yeah. that sucks and then so they got a remedy that and yeah. then uh did you hear about the beds in the village I did, the cardboard yeah. bed yeah that's because right they, if they have more than one person in a bed it'll collapse because yeah. they don't want people banging S spreading the rona that's so funny but it's like i don't i maybe that's a thing in past olympics or orgies in the athletic village oh but I'm sure i feel like a lot of these athletes you they'd want to keep all that stuff pent up especially sprinters right maybe you they want, maybe they just don't finish up. <laughs> they go they're out just, it for an hour and then like I'm gonna come like, they're, no! just, they're just edging <laughs> yeah. they're just edging exactly them. and you know what they're athletes they don't need a bed to fuck on no I like, know yeah. they could literally do it anywhere else yeah they could they could do it on uh, they could do it on the equipment like the gymnast yeah like, they, could, they could just get like one of these deadlift guys to, like hold two exactly, people up yeah. like oh you can lift what like 400 like yeah, yeah you can hold two of us up like, we'll just yeah you see how small Simone Biles is like yeah you yeah. can lift her up and then yeah. another gymnast perfect yeah, you know, life finds a way, man. Yeah, that would be that would be a viral sensation. It would be De uh, Olympic <laughs> Olympic bodybuilder deadlifts two gymnasts while they scissor each other. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect, <laughs> oh, incredible. Yeah, I think it's supposed to kick off today, right? Like today's supposed to be, I think, the first day of like real competition. Yeah, because it's Friday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, and there's Crazy. a couple and rock climbing. Uh, is in yes! the Olympics now too. So Bo cool. Bouldering, right? Yes. I think so. Yeah. Free climbing, mm -hmm. which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Still haven't, uh, still haven't done it, but still got the shoes. You've never done it at all? No, my buddy's really big into oh. it. So I, I got the harness and the shoes, but it's hard when it's really humid, right? Because everything, yes. uh, yeah, it, everything's slippery. And I guess their indoor places can operate again. Yeah, like Hamilton has an incredible facility w near the old Spectator. Yeah, is it Cl uh, Climbers Rock? Is it Climbers like a Rock? Chain? Is, is Burlington? And there's because um, there's one in in waterloo with yeah Rock. uh it's called gravity if gravity. it's still there um i've been there several times the one in hamilton i haven't been in a while um huge like massive gutted warehouse just full of climbing walls yeah great, my great my buddy likes to go up the like to the escarpment right and then oh, climb yeah. outside which which was yeah. very uh, interesting to me yeah zach was into that like a lot he was going regularly he uh, had a membership at climbers rock and uh, he got really good i think he started it when he was out east though I'd yeah, I think it was one I've of those been, things he started. I've been told uh, I have the the right build for a climber, like the the runner sort of scrawny body. Yeah, exactly. Like, 
super super low like yeah. bmi yeah exactly <laughs> yeah you got the right frame for it just, um uh, yeah you got, you got big enough hands that, which is good right that you, would be you the need strong thing, grip right? yeah. yeah you need good grip that's, have you so important. have you seen uh <clears throat> have you seen free solo yeah Al- i Alex watched Hunnell? it a few months ago with uh with justin actually yeah really good blew me away but he was like crazy obsessed anyone who's that yeah. at that level and in, into something they usually have a compulsion with it and yeah it's like, it was insane yeah how when dedicated <laughs> when he talks about like how many girlfriends he's gone through because they just cannot handle the schedule yeah. the schedule and how like nonchalant he is about like i could just fall to my death today and tomorrow and the next day yeah and, but like he has to do it he cannot say no to doing it. he's like i'm gonna do it and then he does it and like you're nuts but it's, he's yeah. incredible yeah, that that whole Yosemite climb. I, I love the way that like they like introduce it and like build up to it, and he talks about like prepping for the different stages, and then like actually watching the execution. Because yeah. is it, it's is it El Cap he climbs? Or, yeah, yeah. Which is this? Which has been done before? Like Billy Caldwell in yes. the Dawn Wall, they they climbed El Cap. Yeah, on the one route that's never been done. But I think Alex is a. F- Free yeah, so no unsupported. Su- yeah, uh, totally unsupported. There's uh, yeah, crazy. Like, no, no carabiners, no ropes. Like he, he's not like throwing yeah. spikes down or anything no. like that. He's yeah, it's just his his hands, a, yeah. a bag of fucking chalk. And, and they call it. It's shoes. interesting when you talk to a climber. They call it problems, right? So you have yes. a face a phase on the wall. Yeah, like this stage to this stage, and it could be like thirty feet or twenty five yeah. feet. And then it has a rating system, I think, steepness and slope. That's right, yeah. And they say, yeah, I was working on this problem. I was working on this problem. Yeah. And it's like, well, what does that mean? It's like, oh, he was trying to go up the wall 45 times to get his hand in that little crevice. Yeah. And it's insane. Like, Yeah, when, when you think about how like a, a Formula One driver trains and trains and trains and trains just to like be able to take that one corner on like that one course in monaco without losing like any speed yeah and like he has to do that for like dozens of these problems going up yeah. the a, repetition a like yeah that. the yeah. repetition i guess it makes sense it's like the yeah. ten thousand hour rule to master yes. anything yeah. but it's yeah it's also because i hear i heard people say that like not formula one but people say like oh like nascar and yeah. racing is yeah. not really how hard could it be it's like well it's really fucking hard yeah yeah you're sitting yeah. down but like you're you're getting g-shock from the car yeah you're going so fast yeah and- it, it's an inc- insane amount of prep your reaction time has to be like lightning fast and you also have like 23 uncontrollable variables of other drivers around you yeah. also doing their own thing it's uh yeah it it's wild like the they really are like mental athletes the way that they yeah, have to perform. Very precise. And they, and they do have to be strong enough to be able to handle like the force no, of like sure. that vehicle too, even with how high tech they are. And you're, cause you're doing like yeah. 500 laps. Like. Yeah. And they're coming out with like bruised knuckles and ankles just from like driving those For cars, sure, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. The, yeah. Apparently that's, that's, uh, one of the places to be, uh, like Talladega Speedway. Yeah. During the, during the race, yeah. just like great tailgate, like. Yeah. I would love to go. Um, I have like a an old friend I met when I was in Singapore, and they have a Formula One Grand Prix like every year. Yeah, that would be amazing. And that like, would be a great. The, the building where like her family lives like overlooks like right on the course on really? the road. Yeah, you can just hear incredible. them. Oh yeah, yeah, it's amazing. All the different courses are so cool. It's great. Like they really do travel the world. Um, you get to see so many 
so many incredible spots but the ones that are like that cut through the cities like i mean they do oh. it in montreal which is pretty beautiful but don't like they it, do it in toronto too they do uh it's not f1 that's uh indie yeah yeah they do an indie race yeah like, like cuts right through the c and e down like shore and stuff yeah everyone gets pissed off for like a weekend Road every year yeah, yeah. <laughs> they forget that indie so, 500s come to toronto so yeah. th- that's formula one mm-hmm. obviously different than nascar because mm-hmm. It's um, well, like different type of course different, and different class of car too, di- right? Com- yeah. yeah, I don't know the specs on that. Uh, I w- it'd be interesting. <clears throat> we should I should try to find someone who's who works on them, but yeah, probably aerodynamics would make a th- would oh, play yeah. a part in it because they got mm-hmm. that thing on the back and the tires are like not like traditional car tires. They're That's like, right. They're they're pretty much bald. Yeah, they're bald. But like they they have they travel with like dozens of sets of tires for every type of temperature uh different weather so like if they're expecting a certain amount of rain and then they have different tires for um because it's highly regulated different parts of the circuit so they know like okay we need to be burning less fuel in this stage we need to go with a smoother tire that's gonna have less friction because like when they make their pit stops they can only make so many and they need to have um, they can only have like a certain amount of weight and fuel at like each stage in the circuit. So they oh, know really? like if they're topping up too much, that sort of thing. Um, and every year they come out with regulations regarding like how wide they're allowed to build certain parts, like how far off the ground certain parts of the car are allowed to be. So there oh, is so some regulation. Specs. They have yeah. specs that they but, can But it's all up. very top secret. So like when they drive these cars like out of the facilities, they like, drive them into a tunnel first yeah. before they go up a ramp so that no one can like get Steal pictures it, of yeah, the yeah. undershot of like what Mercedes yeah. is doing on their cars, right? Well, have, it, you seen, it's, it's uh, have you seen Ford v. Ferrari? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. kind of like that. Yeah, was that exactly. Monaco where they're racing? That was, uh, no, that was in Italy. Italy. But Italy, yeah. Similar thing, like you said, they're trying to... They're trying to build the best possible mm-hmm. machine without letting the other guy know. It's yeah. like for it's like first to market. Exactly. Like, yeah. You, you, you want to have this the best that it possibly yeah. can be without them taking little tidbits yeah. from it. And there there is like a lot of betrayal where like they're trying to steal the best techs and designers from like these different companies yeah. and they're trying to recruit the drivers from different yeah. companies. And so you like, have insurgents in like one yeah. of the companies reporting yeah, back. Exactly. To the other one. Yeah. It's pretty it's pretty wild. Yeah. It's like corporate like white collar espionage and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Going on. It's, it's crazy. crazy the politics that go into it. Yeah. Because eh? it because it, it's money, right? Yeah. Like it, it's broadcast all over the world and you have drivers from all over the world. Yeah, you know, like some of the best drivers in the last like thirty years have been South American, right? So really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Senna, who's like considered like one of the greatest of like all time. He's from Brazil. Nice, yeah, pretty yeah. wild. I mean, yeah, you get used to driving in like those tight little streets <laughs> and like through favelas and stuff like that. Yeah, and, uh, literally. Through yeah, favelas. sets you up for success when you're yeah going, you know, two hundred something kilometers an hour, like inches away from all these other cars like taking these tight turns it's crazy yeah could they yeah. could they do could they put that in the olympics i feel like that would be a massive undertaking but <clears throat> yeah F1. i don't know auto sport it would be i feel like it makes sense i don't know it's very highbrow well formula one's very highbrow highbrow what yeah. does that mean or, uh like it's it, it's it's for the wealthy it's, it's like kind of s- like a little snobby exactly yeah you know waspy. like every time like someone like you know, wins a race, they, they go up to a fucking podium, though. They're <laughs> popping these ginormous bottles, like, of champagne and stuff. Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy money. Whereas, you know, it, it depends on who, like, it's targeted to and how easy it is to, like, go see. Like, there's only so many races um, in the course of a year, and it's only, like, one per country. So you have to be able to either, you have to either live there 
or you have to be able to get there and it's usually in these like very like richer parts of the country yeah. where they can like shut down yeah, and like, like set Monaco, up these courses yeah. yeah exactly right um whereas like with nascar and like indy 500 like there's a shit ton of places where you can go see these races yeah, like speedways. in north america right yeah exactly they're everywhere which are um, massive <clears throat> like the one uh, yeah like my my brother's uh side my mm. brother's half brothers in tennessee like they're uh they 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 used to be near Bristol Speedway. Oh okay, yeah. And I think it's like ninety thousand. It holds crazy. And he's like, yeah, they they used to do, they would do concerts, and some people couldn't fill the stadium. Yes, that's right. Yeah, but <laughs> but when it, when it comes to race day, they get so many people, and it's really cool because like they they fill out the center of those tracks, right? So like you can show up with like your camper trailer the night before yes. a race, you like pay for a lot, you tailgate, have you a tailgate, barbecue, yeah. and then you watch from like inside the track. It's so pretty cool. crazy. Yeah, it's really it's really cool. It's really cool. Definitely, yeah, definitely on the on the on the list of things to do when once the borders That would be a fully, yeah, we should go. It'd be a really good time. Just go down for a race. Be a really good one. It. Yeah. But if yeah, Bristol, yeah, so Bristol, Tennessee, it's a NASCAR short track. Built in 1960, it held its first wow. NASCAR race 60. on July 30th, 61. It's the among the most popular tracks on the NASCAR schedule because of its distinct features, which include extraordinarily steep banking, an all-concrete oh, okay. surface, two pit roads, and stadium-like seating. So that that that's, you know, I think people don't give, like, NASCAR drivers enough credit because they think, like, well, they're just going in a circle. But, like, yeah, it's true. When you see, like, how steep, like, some of these tracks are and, like, you're constantly having to compensate yeah. for like that the lift and drag the, and the, yeah, the, yeah, grade. the grade. It's yeah, and knowing like what concrete versus asphalt is gonna feel like. So yeah. it's it's pretty wild. Yeah, when and they build themselves as uh the world's fastest half mile. So that's wow. yeah. And Short it, circuit. Okay. And it's notorious for being uh one of the loudest racetracks, I guess, because the way it It's small and it's enclosed and, it and all the stands. Yeah. yeah, it would be deafening. I imagine. Yeah, they must give you earplugs when you... I, f- uh, I feel like you would need to. Yeah. Like, you need to take precautions. But yeah, and then those pit crews move lightning mm. fast. It's insane. Yeah, it's... Uh, they can they can change a tire like, like that. Yeah, yeah, they can do a full, a full set of tires in, like, literally, like, less than two seconds. It's crazy. Car pulls in, stops, and, like, before, bar, bar, bar. like, they can breathe, like, they're gone. Yeah. Yeah, because it's when the margins are that tight... And you're talking about like tenths and hundredths of a second, like separating like the winners and losers, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Too cool. Yeah. And then you always, they're always sponsored, right? At least in NASCAR. Yes. Yeah. They have funding from the company. They put their, they put the logo on the giant on the hood of the car. Exactly. So that's, that finances all the, all the, because the, it must be costly to maintain those cars, build them, and it then is. maintain them. Yeah, like absolutely. Hundreds of thousands, I would think. Yeah. I well, even if, yeah, you think, yeah, the amount of like R&D that goes into it, the cost of manufacturing, and, and even just the cost, I think, around like keeping things secret and quiet too, mm-hmm. um, when you're developing that sort of stuff. And then when you think about, you know, if there's, let's say there's like 24 races or something like over the course of a season, you need to be prepared for there being like 24 crashes too. Like, you know, you crash your car, like you're out of that race, but you're racing the next weekend and hoping you don't That's crash true, that yeah. car, right? So, it's, uh, and when you consider that, like, it, it's a team sport too, which is really cool. It's one thing, I think, to be a solo racer, but when you consider that, like, all these teams have two drivers. Oh, yeah, that's like, true. Like, that, that, yeah. that's how it works, right? Like, there's there's always, like, a 
There's, there's always a partnership. Yeah. Like, I don't like know Will, how you work that into Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Shake and bake, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Shake and boom, bake. It's <laughs> a great movie. I haven't seen that in a long What'd time. What'd you do today, Walker and Texas Ranger? Went down <laughs> to the river, put I put Grandpa Chip's war medals in. <laughs> so good. It's so good, yeah. If you're not first, you're last. That's what you told me, Dad. I, I, was, I was high when I said that. <laughs> I was high when I said that. Oh my god. Great movie. I got uh, I got uh I got sixteen ounces of boom boom taped to the bottom <laughs> of this car and I got a panther in the back or something. Oh yeah, God. You That's gotta embrace so the fear, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not the world's biggest like Will Ferrell fan, but I really? he has a... He has a few movies, like a few roles for me that stand out, and uh, he's got so that's many. definitely one of them. He, that feels like one of those roles I he's was my, meant to. And he's my top three SNL. Like, is he? Yeah. So you know they do I, compilations. Yes, the best of SNL with like. Yeah, Netflix used to have those way so, back in the day. So obviously, like, obviously, like Chevy Chase back in mm-hmm. the day was really good, and then the, there's there's so many different. Um, there's so many different decades of great, like Steve Martin. Yeah, Belushi, Dan Belushi, Carvey. Yeah. yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. But yeah, Will Ferrell's are the best, like, because his, mm. Jepper- his Jeopardy one with Sean oh my Connery God. and yeah. Ben Stewart, like, yeah. so amazing. Yeah, yeah. you can tell. It, it's cool to watch these comedians who, it's, it's definitely one thing to, like, be an actor, but when you're really working, like, on a stage and, you know, these Sketch are people who, comedy, yeah, 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 people who come up going through, you know, whether it's like Second City or another like improv kind of circuit. Yeah, and like the comedy store. If you're yeah. And like, it's so cutthroat. It's so, but like, it's so cool. Um, they really do birth generations of incredible comedic like families. No, it's crazy. Yeah. It's wild. And it, it's hard. It's oh, so yeah. fucking hard. You know, I, I've, essentially worked in the I worked in the film industry for a better part of like 10 years and every actor I've ever worked with doesn't matter like what they're currently doing or what they've done they all want to do comedy yeah like comedic movies yeah not, not know, comedic stand-up. roles oh yeah but even like it, even if it's like stage play yeah it doesn't matter like it, I think as critics or as audience members you know we look at dramatic filmmaking as like the best it gets because you know there's so much like detail and work that goes into it it's way harder to make someone laugh than it is to make someone cry yeah for sure 100 like, to really get someone going like it, it's tough really it's well really said, yeah. hard yeah. yeah i got like for like what you do i have a lot of respect it's like i've been yeah. to like bars it's and tough. clubs and seen people like go up and try to stand up and just absolutely tank and like i feel terrible yeah you have to have yeah. like you have to have like a short memory mm-hmm. and obviously you mm-hmm. have to have the sense of humor. Yeah. Cause you like, like I like, I obviously find the jokes I write funny. That's why I tell them. And then yeah. it's like, I have to, I have to reinforce that they're funny because no one's laughing at them when I'm yeah, saying them. Exactly. Right? And yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to sell back. like, yeah, look like it's, it's body language. It's the way that you portray yourself. Yeah, the the way you carry. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Right? Yeah. And I feel, and for like someone like Will Ferrell, who is in, like well known for not being social, like not being like yeah, getting in front of, of strangers. Right? Yeah, like that must have been really fucking hard. Yeah, but I, I, I imagine his whole life was probably difficult getting on with other people until he probably found comedy. Yeah, and then realized like, oh wow, this is a place where I can like be awkward and stupid 
and everyone else is also being awkward and stupid and it's funny and yeah. we like it right well they so. say like yeah a lot like even chevy chase was a big asshole oh him, god him, yeah him horrible murray, horrible to work him with and bill yeah. murray fought yeah. on the side of snl and then when they filmed caddyshack they were like arch enemies yeah rodney dangerfield had to like mediate between them that that's uh, I would can you imagine being a fly on the wall for that production that'd be amazing yeah seeing Ronnie extra. Dangerfield trying to keep these guys in hey. line oh my god <laughs> hey what's the matter yeah, I can't do a Rodney Dangerfield he's so good yeah, she, yeah Chevy Chase he's uh he just kind of had that I don't know if it's an ego but he um but he was that good too but they said I think, yeah. he, I, think he, I think he knows he's that good yeah. he, they never had Lauren Michaels quoted but mm. Chevy Chase said that Lauren Michaels said he's like yeah if if I if I walked <clears throat> off the show, the show would uh, yeah, the SNL would be no more because yeah. I guess it was just at that pivotal point where it was they like, were about to go big, right? Yeah, and so, and he was like he was the face for yeah. sure. Because yeah, I just yeah I've heard a lot of stories from yeah. people that just not very good, um, not very good dealings with him, like offset, yeah. short tempered, like, impatient. Yeah. yeah, wouldn't go to the <clears throat> wouldn't go to the rehearsals or the reads yep. throughout the week. Would just show up on Saturday and like. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, especially now that, you know, social media is a thing and stuff. I know, like, when he, he had his role in Community, right, where he, he wasn't doing much for a while. Um, he'd been out of, like, film and stuff. And then they got him for, like, this series role yeah. where he plays, like, a grumpy old ha- asshole in Community College. and Yeah, Pierce. Yeah, exactly. And uh, people say that, like, his character, the way he's portrayed and the way he treats people on that show is not far from, from the way that like he actually is. Yeah. Like, a little bit racist, a little bit sexist. Yep, yeah. Yeah. And, but you know, at the same time, like his comedy is brilliant. Oh, it's, it's killer. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. His, it's his killer. old, his old SNL stuff is crazy. It's no wonder that like it took off and blew up. Yeah. Oh, th- those, those sketches were amazing. Yeah. And so, and yeah, his, yeah. his delivery was so good. And the way they talk about like sitting down and like having to write through it and like yeah. arguing over who's going to do what and like, what's the best way to like carry a line and stuff. It's, yeah. it, there's a lot of work that goes into it. It's stressful. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause you're not just doing the, you're not just doing, you're doing a visual and an audio. So yeah. it's like, yeah, it's a whole, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, yeah in New York. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a cool place to go see. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. My mom, uh, Lise, went to uh, went to, saw Letterman being taped because oh not, okay, you know it's not live at night, right? They That's yeah, they do it in, like the early afternoon or whatever. Yeah, so I, I forget what it was. I think she just went to the building and then they have mm-hmm. like X amount of seats reserved for uh, like walk-in guests. Yes, audience That's right. members. Yeah. And then, she did that and stuff, which would be really cool. No kidding. Do you know who was on the show when she was there? Oh, no, but I'm going back. I'm Letterman going back would have been incredible. 2003, though. 2004. Oh, okay. So that's, that, was pre- that was pretty peak Letterman mm-hmm. for sure. He'd already been on for a few years. Yeah. Well, so was it, um, did he take over for Johnny Carson or was that? Cause he I think had, you might be right about that. Yeah, Johnny Carson, then he had Letterman and then Letterman left. And yeah. Did Fallon replace him or did he, Fallon replace no, Jay Leno? I, it's confusing. Cause yeah. You know what? It's weird thinking about it now, but like you and I grew up in a time where there was a plethora of late night comedy, like talk shows. I think of all the different hosts I've seen come yeah. through, like on late night. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, ab- no, it's it's super cool. Like, and it, cause yeah, the like studio Col- is all Colbert, compete, right? Colbert, yeah. Rick Mercer. Yeah. J- John Stewart. John Stewart. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, they had the, yeah, their, uh, Colbert's interesting, like, he's more, like, political commentary. Yeah, well, it was great to have him and Jon Stewart, right? Because it was always, like, one, it was, I think it was, it was Jon Stewart and then Stephen Colbert. And it was really cool because, like, Colbert kind of portrayed, like, the real traditional, like, 
American values, like kind of libertarian type role. And then Jon Stewart was this very just like crass, um, like socially conscious kind of satirical. Yeah. Oh oh, yeah. Yeah. The satire all the way through was brilliant. I I remember my English teacher, um, in high school who I had all four years. Um, yeah, he, he, he said that Jon Stewart's satire was like the best that there was at that time. Which is amazing, yeah, because they they were um, I don't know where they started, but yeah, Comedy Central is where they really got prominence, yeah. and then I think Colbert was a Second City guy. Second City, I really? think yeah. so, yeah. Because then um, he, because yeah, he has his own late show on NBC now. Yes, like, which is yeah, which is it's cool right. that they kind of roped him back in. I know it's not the same format because no. like he's himself. Yeah. Which is a little bit different. He's still like a fantastic host and lovable guy. And but... still, still, yeah, great comedian. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's interesting <laughs> that way. Uh, but hey, I, I would do the same thing. I would, I would. Yeah. If I, if I got to a point, I would sell out to a network to. Yeah. For for the financial security. Yeah, for absolutely. Years and years. Well, well, you you know you'll notice like comedians don't really like retire. They kind of go until they die. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> they, they they just they love it so much, and I can't. I guess, like, as a performing musician, I can say that there are, like, definitely moments where, like, you have a connection to an audience that feels deeply personal, um, even though, like, you're not interacting directly with them. And it's, it's, huh. a, it's a rush. It's such a rush. So I can't imagine, like, as a comedian, when you, when you like, are up there having a blast and someone is pissing their pants rolling on the floor laughing in front of you because you're you're making them like so happy like that kind of connection i don't think there's any like no. why, why would you retire uh, yeah nothing why would you not want that. that in your life all the time yeah it's just pure elation feeling absolutely. absolutely bringing that out in somebody else yeah, yeah. and and usually total strangers too, yeah which is really good yeah, yeah. It, it's great to see uh, you, they talk about that a lot on uh what is it? Comedians in cars getting, getting coffee. coffee. Yeah. Samples. Yeah. And you know, he brings all these, a lot of these people like out of the woodwork who, you know, yeah. a lot of them had like bit roles on Seinfeld and you might not know a lot about them, but then you realize like they've had 20 year careers before Seinfeld oh, yeah. and they have 30 year careers after Seinfeld yeah, where they just keep going. Up longer yeah. than we've been alive. Yeah. yeah. Or he brings up older, like, uh, he had Don Rickles on mm-hmm. still, Don Rickles. <clears throat> yeah. If you guys go back, go back and look at early Don Rickles stuff. Oh. It's some of my favorite comedy of all time. Well, he was, uh, he made it okay to do like real, what do you call it? Potty humor. You know, like yeah. he, he did like the yeah, real, like inappropriate one stuff. One of the first ones. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember seeing, uh. Oh, what show is it? Fallon, where uh, celebrities like read the mean tweets celebrities or whatever, mean and mean he, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like Don Rickles looks like a scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> he like wrinkles up his face. It's so good. He's brilliant. Yeah, Don Rickles is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah so good. Yeah, yeah. And then he just loves car. Like Leno's a huge car guy. Oh yeah. Apparently, uh, is Leno's there anyone bigger than him? Yeah, <laughs> Seinfeld's owns, trying to be. A how guy. many underground car garages in New York it's this insane. guy owns? Like he he literally has lost track, and like he doesn't just go for like fancy flashy cars. Like he loves like the early nineteen hundred stuff, right? Yeah. So he's got these like first production old Fords and stuff. Yeah. Like I think he tons of. Them. I think he has yeah like a Model T from. Yeah, Eight, from eighteen, the first year. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he's got one of the first cars like ever made that hit yeah. the road. It's like you're not yeah. driving that. <sighs> maybe on a maybe on a sunny day, yeah, but <laughs> on, like, a, on a Sunday morning, go out and get some yeah. fucking like pancakes and eggs I, or something. I would never drive it because one thing goes wrong. I'm you're never <laughs> finding a part. You got to make you got to 
remake the fucking part. That yeah, does. you got to find a fabricator who is like the great grandkid yeah. of the guy yeah, who fabricated the yeah. original part. You gotta, yeah. yeah, you got to find a fabricator <clears throat> that's somewhere in the Detroit Ann Arbor region of Michigan. Yeah, who, yeah exactly. Who has, who has lineage yeah, to, to Henry. Crazy, <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, it's I don't know. Cars are cool, man. Um, I remember it was last year for Mother's Day. Um, Meg wanted to get into um, like making her own clothes and stuff for Wilder, so I like nice. looked for like a nice old sewing machine and stuff. And I went and picked one up. <clears throat> it was up here on the Hamilton Mountain, and uh, I can't. I feel bad that I can't remember what it is. But uh, the woman walked me into her garage, and her husband was like a car collector, and he had this like deep purple nineteen twenty eight. Like four seater. I'm trying to remember what it was. Was it a truck? No, like it was a car, but like it was it was huge. But it was like enormous, like curved fenders and stuff like, on uh, it. Not a Studebaker. Those are. It, it'll come to me. I'll think of it. I'll think of it. It it, it was beautiful. He, and he had like uh, pictures and like original blueprints and stuff up on the wall. He'd collected. I guess this. I don't know if the car was in his family or if he just like happened to come by it. But it was in immaculate shape. I've yeah. never seen it on the road anywhere. And like, they only live like 12 blocks from my house. So like, I've seen every car in this neighborhood in the last like five years. I've never seen that car on the road. It, yeah, it looks like no one's ever driven it. Yeah. Yeah. Some collectors, they just like to keep it pristine. They'll <clears throat> yeah. never drive it. I, I imagine, you know, he might take it to like, I mean, we're, we're in car show season now, right? So there's probably yeah. like a few times in the summer he drives it out to one of these, you know, really old antique collectible car shows or whatever, but... Yeah, there's a place. Um, there's a place up north of Toronto. Mm-hmm. I want to say Oshawa. It's like a okay antique restoration company. So oh, all okay. they do is classic cars. Really? Yeah, I can't remember the name of. That's the, a cool, really niche, really cool business, though. And great margins because who you're else dealing with those yeah. cars that appreciate? Like normal, obviously, <laughs> people tell you don't buy a brand new car; it depreciates when yes. you drive it off a lot. Yeah. But like these collectible. When cars, you have a classic car, yeah, they and appreciate. when people have, yeah, when people have been taking care of them, yeah. right? It's kind of like a spare no expense thing. It's because these people. You know what I think? There's no you can't you can never put a price on nostalgia because someone's buying this car, yeah. yeah, who's older later on in life, and it brings them back to a time when they were young and they had this I, car or absolutely. Saw it. Where they were watching American American Graffiti, and they like yeah, it's it's, had, it's too true, man. It's it goes with a lot of things. I think like nostalgia is an amazing thing when because yeah. you're looking back, and it's always fondly of things. Yeah, and it's like I want this because it reminds me of this time when things are simpler. Life's good now, but it was just as good back then. There was less worries. Yeah, and there's something about cars in particular. You know, if you showed me <clears throat> a 19. 70s 60s 50s and like 40s like television set i don't know if i could really tell you which was from like which era yeah but if you put like a 50s 60s 70s mustang in front of me like i would be able to tell you i've never driven one or owned one but yeah. i definitely know yeah yeah. One and, yeah yeah or even like old ford cobras i love those cars the cobra yeah, yeah. Crazy little car. It, it, it was like their take on like a little British race car, basically, right? So yeah, my my buddy uh, just bought a just bought a Mustang. Uh, really, lime green. Mm. I think it's an o o five or o six. Okay, but it's sweet. It's a stick shift. That would have been around the time when they like really reissued them, right? Because there was like a time like the eighties, nineties where 
the Mustang looked oh. a lot like a Honda Accord. Like it yeah. was not a yeah. good looking car under the hood. Still a great car, but like not a good looking car. And I remember, yeah, like my early teens when they like revamped yeah. the Mustang, like made it a muscle car again. Yeah, Lee's had one. I, oh, really? I, pro- I probably didn't know you at the time. I would have been grade yeah. two or three. So I Oh, yeah, been... you would have been real little. Uh, you were t- you're grade we were st- two or three. I would have been grade five. Yeah. <laughs> five yeah. or six. So we were still in Waterdown <laughs> at the time. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, she had one for a bit. Awesome. I remember, yeah. That's but what awesome. was your what was your first car you, you owned, Sash? First car I owned myself uh, was a Volkswagen Jetta City. So the, City? Je- the Jetta City was uh, they took leftover shitty parts from the Mark III. I shouldn't say shitty parts. They took, like, bits and pieces left over from the Mark III, which was one of the last great eras of, like, Volkswagen cars. Those are the ones, like, when you see people Mark driving, like, their old Gulfs and Rabbits from, like, the early 2000s. Okay. They're, they're not They're not Passats. <clears throat> Passat. Uh, some of them, yeah, yeah some of them are, because, like, they, they've got, like, those old diesel cars that are going to, like, half a million kilometers, like, no problem. Yeah. They're great cars. So they took some of that. But they had moved all the production down to Mexico and then kind of used, like, whatever they had for, like, two years to build these cars. And then they only sold them in Canada, apparently. Really? I don't know what the reason was. I honestly think it was, like, we have this stuff left over. We'll just kind of put something together. Um, My car was a, a separatist. So my, it was, I think it must have originally been sold in Quebec. All of my onboard, my diagnostic and like my messages and stuff was all in French. It was all French. Yeah, exactly. My manual was also all in French. Like, thank God I went through French immersion because, uh. Oh, so you picked it, you knew. Oh yeah. Yeah. When I first took it for a test drive, it it came up and it was like, bonjour. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And like, there's no way to change it. Like it was permanently You'd have to go to like. Yeah. I don't even know if you could go to a dealership and get them to re- uh, not for free. Book. No, no they, they, they would have charged. Um, and then uh, my aunt who passed away years and years ago, I, my sister and I inherited her old Honda Del Sol. I don't know if yes. you've ever seen. Yes. So it's like, it's a hard top convertible. So you like pop two levers on the inside and then you lift the roof off and it fits into a rack in the trunk so it opens and closes with the trunk and you put it in the trunk and then the window behind you like drops down i yeah love like that car like a half convertible yeah that's it that's it i, I love that car to death i taught Sweet. zach to drive stick like 20 minutes before his flight to scotland <laughs> so that he knew how to like operate a how manual transmission was he good did he get out of first smoothly <laughs> he uh he struggled in so for me it's- new shifts are like they're, they're really easy to feel where you are that car it was really difficult to go from second to third without slipping back into first yeah. you had to really like feel your way around they just had more give yeah exactly and i loved it um i'm we don't have it anymore i desperately wish i still had uh like a manual transmission car because I feel so connected to the vehicle when I'm driving and I feel so conscious and aware and I feel like my, uh, like I have a better level of like safety and stuff going on. My my brother and dad said the same thing. Like uh, dad, dad had a a Jetta, a diesel Jetta for years, stick shift. And 
Uh, he had it, and Aaron <clears throat> had it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll never forget, we were in Costco, and Aaron dumped the clutch in Costco. Oh, seriously? And we're, and we're like, <sighs> like, fuck, at least we're close to the garage. Yeah, dude. seriously. Fucking stinks when that happens. Because you though. know why? Because he was driving, he knows how to drive stick. Yeah. But he was driving a car with a different clutch. Oh, like, shit. Right, yep. so it had yep. less give or more give, and he, he yep. thought he would just smoothly switch <sighs> gears, and it didn't. It was so funny, though. I because uh, I've never driven <clears throat> stick, but never. I want to learn. Yeah. I wish I had that car. I would take you right now. It was so much fun. The whatever- hardest thing about driving, and especially being in Hamilton, living up the mountain where there's a lot of hills, is uh, getting out of first. Get yeah, get well yeah, c- coming out of like a stopped position, and not rolling backwards. Mm-hmm. I now I have good coordination. It's probably from like playing drums and stuff. Maybe video games. I don't know. All the above. But I was I was pretty good at like getting and going. But I know now not to like get right behind the car when I'm stopped uphill. You know because I, I think like fuck if they're in a standard, uh, I know they're looking. They're yeah. going this fucking asshole. I I'm gonna bump thing. into him. You know like <laughs> now they have the now thing. they have brake hooks, which is a cool thing. So when you hit the brake, like you depress it all the way in a, in a standard vehicle and it locks in. It locks. So when you take your foot off, yeah. you don't roll backwards into the car behind you. I kind of like that, though, being in a standard car. and then, uh, Yeah, me too. Because you know the light's <clears> red, <throat> the other light's going yellow. Okay, yeah. start rocking her. Here Other people loved to ride in that car. Yeah. It was awesome because you sat like six inches off the ground. Because <laughs> it was so low, yeah. Yeah, and in nice weather, I used to drive it to work when I was like teaching music in Oakville. Um, but, I, I, you know, I would get off the highway and I'd be like pulling down third line and like stopped next to these like 18 wheelers yeah. not even I, I could pull up next to like an f-150 <laughs> and think like if it was you versus me like i'm a pancake I'm going, i was i'm dead flattened. in that car yeah my mom hated hated that i drove that car when i told her like i was taking it over the skyway like once a week <laughs> to go like teach music in burlington she lost her mind that's hilarious I loved it to death, though. It was a great car. Yeah, my, my roommate years ago had a 96 Honda Prelude. Mm. And that thing, oh, that thing was, it, it was beat up. But, like, yeah. the, the best thing about those older cars, there's so much space under the hood. Yep. Like, now, like, anyone who has a car the last 10 years. Even, it, like, getting to your hood, battery on a yeah. new car is, so is one, a lot of work. <laughs> one, they put the hood, they put all the covers over everything. Yep. They, to 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 deter you from working on them. Yeah, they want but you to roll to the shop. They're so compact in yeah. their in their placement of everything. Like this guy's yeah, Honda, things overheat. The Honda Prelude. I remember <clears throat> we were doing. I remember reaching around, taking something out, yeah. and I could fit my whole arm like ninety degrees in yeah. the one space. I was like, yeah. it's, it's so user friendly. It, it is, and I had to do like a little like minor work, like little things on that Honda. But anytime it was stuff under the hood, whether it was like wiring or whatever. I was very happy to be doing it because it was so easy to get at every single component. You could see around and underneath exactly. everything. It wasn't all crammed. Yeah. yeah. And like 90s Hondas are like collectible cars because there are so many parts out there and they are cheap. It is so easy to yeah. keep those cars going. Like Hondas, You can do an engine rebuild like no problem yeah. on those Hondas cars. and Toyotas, the older yes. ones, they like they run forever. Yeah. I had a friend in high school whose mom had like one, like a 97 RAV4 and she was still driving it in 2007. That's like a no yeah. problem. 10 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. Things just going. Yeah. If it, yeah. Like my car, a 20, mm-hmm. a 2020 escape. Yeah. If I'm driving it in 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a anomaly. 
Yeah, well, I'm I'm in a 2020 Tiguan, and uh, I didn't buy a car this time. I got into a lease. Like one, it's better for my tax return as someone who's self-employed. No, hundred percent. But two, like like you said, there it's complete depreciation, mm. and I know there's going to be something better that's probably already out now. It definitely is something that's better that's going to be out next yeah. year. And my life situation is different now, where I have to think about how much space do I need in a car that's not just for music equipment I need to fit my like my wife and my kid and sometimes my buddy's kid and, and my, my dog. dog and sometimes like my brother-in-law you know like yeah. it gets it gets full and we're doing long hauls up north and stuff so no, it's you know, I couldn't do that in a two-seater little convertible but yeah not as practical uh, for sure no. yeah no. but no it's it, like I like I I bought I bought cuz I wanted to have brand new car at least once in my life and yeah and with uh shout out to kennedy ford in nice. oakville uh, this x-plan i got a buddy that works at oh yeah ford, so you get nice. an x-plan you get a better yes. deal yeah that's right yeah they treat their employees very well there i've known a few people who actually still work there yeah good place to be F- yeah ford and toyota yeah same thing because i got buddies that work in cambridge <clears> at toyota and oh really because eh? it's a big plant in cambridge and yeah. woodstock there but um who uh what auto manufacturer is it that's out of brampton Brampton. I don't. I've got a friend in Oakville, but she works uh, at a. Maybe Ford has a Brampton. They might be plant. actually. Yeah, um, it's cool when they talk about the solidarity between the different companies, and like it, it's super shitty in Canada right now because I'm sure you heard like Oshawa like shut down like their biggest like GM. auto manufacturer right after we gave them was it like a like multi million dollar bailout under the last administration, and then like, two years later they moved everything to like yeah. Mexico. I think it was more. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think mm-hmm. the U.S. kind of coattailed that um, bailout oh, yeah. we gave them. Yep, certainly, so, certainly. Yeah. yeah, it just made yeah. it cheaper. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's it's unfortunate because uh, uh, yeah, the auto industry and like don't get me wrong, I know that like cars are definitely not the future. Um, just for the sake of like, not even just emissions pollution, but when you talk about like um, Canada drives per capita more big cars than any other country like we have more vans and pickup trucks per capita than any other country which means that like the amount of waste material that's coming off our brake pads onto our roads and like going into like our environments is more than any other country so like we definitely need to scale back and you know find alternative methods but by alternative methods is that where a tesla comes in yeah exactly but when you look at these industries like oil and auto manufacturing where in canada like or like steel manufacturing natural resources, softwood lumber. Those are like four of like the biggest industries yeah. that have like all gone off a cliff in the last 10, 15 years here in Canada, which is pretty shocking. Gone off a cliff, meaning like they're gone just they're, down. They're either being moved to elsewhere where labor's cheaper or there's not as much a demand uh, of a demand or there is a lack of public support for what those industries are producing and it's yeah and you're yeah you're right and and it's giving a lot of uh it's giving a lot of jobs to people locally and everywhere yeah exactly when you yeah when you have a gm plant in oshawa that's a major employer right yeah exactly it's in somewhere like oshawa which in many ways has had it even harder than Hamilton has in the last like 30 years, you know, after like the real economic collapse in the eighties, uh, yeah. they ne- it never really rebounded the way that Hamilton did. Uh, so for a lot of people, you, you know, in a, t- in a town of, I mean, what's Oshawa, like 300,000 people, I yeah. think 
so when you're talking about like 25,000 people who are like working at a place like this and then they're saying like we're gonna maybe be able to keep like a few hundred jobs the senior people yeah yeah, yeah not no one on the really production tough. side yeah exactly people who the people who are making the least amount of money who make it the majority yeah. of the workforce I, I those like, are the ones who are getting I like shafted. how we're talking about Oshawa positively today so cuz <laughs> I was I've been shit talking them cuz they have they I know People that went to school there went to UOIT, University of Ontario Institute of Technology, and how they, it's a thing, like they have the highest per capita of teen pregnancies. It's true, yeah. Um, But no, I'm happy we're positive. You know what? Every every (laughs) town, city has something good going for it. Uh, Back in 2009, I played the opening day of concerts for the Durham College Frosh Week. Awesome. I was like a hired gun uh, in a band. What band? Uh, So... The the singer, the artist, she went by Ashes. Um, Ashes. She was fucking awesome. Ashley Coulter. She was actually on, uh, was it Rockstar Supernova when um, that was, not when In Excess was recruiting a new singer, but okay. the year after that when like Dave Navarro from James Addiction and all these yeah, people yeah. were like putting together like their own super group. She was like one of the finalists on the show and she was really good. She's from Toronto. She That's worked amazing. at Steve's Music um, like down on Queen Street. She was fantastic, but we played with... Uh, Oh god, I'm trying to remember. They were all like Canadian bands. We played with Lights, Lights, which was super cool because that was early, early for her. I, I loved her. She was like four feet tall. I remember being backstage and seeing this kid riding around on a skateboard. I'm like, whose kid is that? And it was Lights. And like, There's okay, lights. that's fucking funny. That's yeah. awesome. She I've was only so known, nice. I've only known her for four years. So. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. So and, and I got under a lady. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, amazing. You, yeah, she's like a mom now and has her own comic book and stuff, which is super cool. Um, Down with Webster, Down with played, Webster, who yes. are like the ultimate frosh band, of course. for sure, right? And they were great. I'm trying to remember who else. It was it was really cool. Um, so that was like my first real Oshawa experience. But then like two of the best bands in Canada right now to really pop in the last like four or five years, Crownlands. And Dizzy are both from Crown Oshawa. Lanes and Dizzy. Crown Lanes and Dizzy. So Dizzy are like a four-piece, uh, dreamy indie alternative type band. Um, absolutely fantastic. I saw them play like a very small underground show in Hamilton years ago, and they blew me away. And then um, Crown Lands, which is uh, Kevin and Cody, uh, they're like a two-piece. So nice. Cody's on the drums and does vocals and then Kevin does like guitar, bass and synth often all at once and wow. they're like uh drums and it, vocals at once. Yeah, like it, it, it's like a Led Zeppelin Genesis folk hybrid. Really with, really really cool stuff. With Incredible a little bit of, with a little bit of Greta Van Fleet in there. Oh yeah, but they're better than Greta Van Fleet. Yeah. 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 They they they're they're really good. Actually, uh we were supposed to go see them with uh Bands from, uh, sorry, friends in a band of mine called Wine Lips from Toronto. Wine Lips. Wine Lips. Um, awesome band. They were just really taking off right before COVID started last year. And they were opening for Crownlands at, um, what is it? Mod Club in Toronto. One of my favorite venues. Yeah, love the Mod Club. <sighs> Obviously got postponed. <clears throat> and they is- just announced Crownlands are finally rescheduling those shows. And they're playing in Hamilton in November. I got my tickets. They're playing with um, Sky Wallace, who you should really check out. She's from Toronto. It's kind of like punk folk stuff. She, along with my friend Kieran, who was in Odronimo, she they I, were they, they were like 
Yeah, there were like two of like six people who were picked to go to the Canadian Music Center out west a couple years ago with Stephen Page from Bare Naked yeah, Ladies Bare and do like a two week workshop, Fully like songwriting and stuff. <laughs> Fully clothed man. Yeah, they got a new. Sorry, <clears throat> speaking of the Bare Naked yeah. Ladies, they got a new song came out yesterday. Really? Yeah. Is Stephen Page playing with them again? I know he's still doing like his solo stuff. I have no idea. I know they did the reunion for the Junos like a couple years ago, which yeah, was like super it, sweet, cool I don't, to see. I don't know if he's still. Uh, I think that's twice I've talked about Stephen Page while I've been on this podcast. I really yeah. like Stephen Page. Big bare naked ladies, guys. <laughs> oh, big time, big time. Yeah, it's called uh, a new. They have a new album that came out yesterday. It's Good called for them. Detour de France. Detour de France. Uh, that's that's awesome. See what you that's did there, brilliant. Steven. Oh yeah, they're they're sneaky guys. They're yeah. they're all and they're brilliant musicians. They really are. Yeah. I think. Uh, well, it's, it's what happens <clears throat> when you drive downtown in the rain. <laughs> Was it nine thirty on a Tuesday, Tuesday night? night? Yeah, great song. Just to Brian check Wilson. Out late, late night. Late right. night record shops. That's so good. One of one of the best songs ever. Oh, well, I'm gonna save the Gordon. That whole album. Oh. Gordon. Yeah, I'm gonna save the yeah. the singing for our next episode. There you go. But yes, yeah, tomorrow's guest. It'll be yeah, for, yeah, for uh, Mr. Cormier there. Yes, yes. that's amazing because he he'll be able to shed a lot of light on this because he's he's a bass player in his exactly. in a band. Yeah, but uh, speaking of bands, <clears throat> so. Um, Bennett actually showed me mm. them, I believe. Colorado. I don't think they're around anymore. Colorado. I they, love they, Colorado. They went on an indefinite hiatus, unfortunately. They uh, they probably had kids because I think they were older. Like, the, yeah, I think they broke a little late. I remember they were they were really breaking through around the time um, Arkells put out their third album, and Arkells were really breaking through. Yes, okay. And I remember my old boss at the music teacher where. Uh, I worked. I said, "Hey, have you listened to the new Arkells album?" He said, "Yeah, it's okay, but I really think Colorado is going to be like the one of the two that break through and go big." And I was like, "Ah, I don't know. I don't see longevity in Colorado, really? but you never know in the music industry." Because yeah, yeah. um, like, that, uh, yeah, it was. I was sad to hear about that, though. Yeah, but no, the Born Yesterday is their album. <laughs> yes. I love. Yeah, great album. I want to say two thousand and seven. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, just yeah, not a lot, not a ton of albums, but the yeah. song better than the Cure. Yes, it's my favorite yeah. song. Like any, t- you know, one of those songs. Any time of day, you you listen to it, it's like it just it just going. hits. Yeah. yeah, whether it's five in the morning when you're waking yep. up or midnight yep. when you're going to bed. Absolutely, yeah. Songs like that are uh, a rare thing. For yeah, sure. but that's really amazing. I love. Uh, yeah, never get tired of talking music, man. Mm-mm. Especially with someone who knows music. I just remember the lyrics and like this re-sing the songs i hear <laughs> that's that's so funny like I, I i struggle with lyrics like some of my favorite songs my favorite albums that i've been listening to for the last like 20 something years i don't even you know all the you lyrics couldn't karaoke to. them yeah. no i couldn't there there's probably there's probably few albums where i think i i where i think i know all the lyrics but honestly if you asked me to sing like Red Hill Mining Town from the Joshua Tree, which I've listened to thousands of times. I probably couldn't even do it. The Joshua Tree, that's uh You too. too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very formative album for me. Love for you sure. too. A lot of people I know don't <clears throat> like them, but that's okay. Great music, weird personalities, but they're musicians. So yeah. like it's kinda comes with the territory. Yeah, it, exactly. The, it yeah. When you get when you get that successful, people are always gonna hate you, right? Yeah, and it's easy to criticize people who uh, have a lot of reach and power and like ability to do things. But I mean, that being said, you know, I 
I haven't listened to a lot of like the newer YouTube stuff. I know they they really tried to rebrand themselves a few times since like the nineties. Yeah. And like a couple times it worked. I'd say mostly it probably hasn't. But they're like forty years old. Like they've been oh, I think they're even music older. for forty years. Yeah. Well their first album came out in nineteen eighty and they're like twenty years exactly. old, right? So say so you have to kinda you have to kinda reinvent yourselves to stay yeah. relevant in today's yeah. music scene, I feel like. I think they could just try wearing new clothes. Like someone needs to tell Bono that like bootcut jeans aren't in fashion anymore. Bono, you know those <laughs> blue lens sunglasses you love? Uh, yeah, yeah. He says it's cause his his Irish eyes are so sensitive, but I don't. I think that's <laughs> bullshit. I think he just thinks he looks fucking cool in them. So that's so funny. Yeah, I think the edge needs to lose so, the two and just let the fucking I, I got, sun see that skin. I got a joke for you. Let's, ba- let's Bono, it. Bono and Edge walk into a bar. All right, and the bartender says, "Not you two again." That's <laughs> 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 so stupid. <laughs> I love stupid humor. Yeah. That's good it's shit. It's like a dad joke. Right? It is. It is. I, I, I actually say that's like, that's my mom's type humor. She's very old school, like a slapstick kind of yeah. humor. That That's her thing. It's, it's what her dad loved. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, so, Sash, guess who's 56 today? He was in a band. The, he wore a top hat, had long curly hair. He goes by one, like Edge, he goes by one word. Is it Saul Hudson, a.k.a. Slash? Yes, sir. It's his birthday today. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, oh, 56, 56 years young. He does not look that old. I don't know if I had it's him, his yeah. good genetics and like skincare routine. But uh, yeah, if that guy's 56, he's doing... For a guy who was shooting up a lot of heroin, heroin yeah. <laughs> he's looking pretty good. Yeah, Because uh, if you saw Keith Richards at 56, they do not look anything no. alike. For sure. But shout out to Keith Richards. Mm. He, uh, he quit smoking mm-hmm. last week. I love how he was still smoking for uh, yeah. 70 years. Brilliant. I think... <laughs> he's amazing. He, he, he is amazing. Ben- he's Benjamin Button. I'm convinced. He is. I, I think The Simpsons... The, it, when they guest featured the Rolling Stones was one of like the best things they ever did. Yeah. And they had the group concert, right? And like Tom Petty like loses a toe and stuff. Like yeah. it's so funny. But like that last scene, like over the closing credits, where you've got like Mick Jagger and Keith Richards like outside, like working on their lawns and like cutting their grass and like yeah, I think Mick like brings out like lemonade or iced tea or whatever and then like it like zooms in on keith and he like pulls a flask out of his jacket and like tops it up and like goes back to like working on his grass just brilliant amazing yeah. and you know that like they signed off on that they had to like run it by them yeah, and the band saw it and they went that's brilliant i like that might do it cut it sell it like let's go it's so good so yeah good. yeah amazing yeah yeah man that's amazing it's good shit but hey, thanks so much, Sash, for, My for chatting it up. My pleasure. Um, I got to shout out this beer. Yeah. The Helly's Lager from uh, Wellington Brewery here in Ontario. Um, yeah, Guelph. Yeah, Wellington Brewery. Not a new brewery, but since day one, they've been putting out really good stuff. I remember their first beer that they came out with looked like mud, tasted amazing. <laughs> and like that's the sign of like a company yeah. who knows what they're doing. Was it, so like a, was it a porter or a stout? It may have been. It may have even just been like a like a dark lager at the time, but yeah, yeah. the uh, that's really good. I'm a I'm not the biggest beer drinker. I'm, but I'm definitely picky about my lagers. I think there's a lot of North American lagers that need to like 
just like remain in the past. Yeah. Well, they're so mass produced logs. They, right? they are. They're easy. They they're are. easier to yeah. make. From I, a... I tend to gravitate more towards ales, stouts, and wheat beers and stuff. But mm-hmm. when I find a good lager, I get really excited and yeah, crisp golden lager. Hellies, they nailed it. Awesome. That was a good one. Thank you, well, thank you, Wellington Brewery. Thank you, Wellington. Brewery. And thank you guys for stopping by. It's been another episode of the Prickly Cactus Podcast. It's not goodbye. It's see you later. Okay, welcome to the Prickly Cactus. We be out here, we talking this and that shit, yeah. Hey, and you can go and check the factus. We talk real shit, not just tissing ass. Sit there harder when we smoking on the stanky. Finger banging shit, and I ain't just talking freaky. Yeah. But don't finger bang a lawnmower. He did that shit, and now his fingers ain't on no more. And you got Quincy looking like a left nut. When he was a kid, he say what when you said sir. Now we got a podcast and that shit fun If you don't like it yet, then you can lick it this, So if you don't want us to break your back, bitch, then tune in Because we talking this and that shit If you don't want us to break your back, bitch, then tune in The podcast, Prickly Cactus, Prickly Cactus.